Welcome back to our podcast, Regulation Matters, A Clear Conversation. I'm your host, Lyne Dempsey. I'm currently the Chief Compliance Officer with Rick Abeni Associates Family Dentistry here in North Carolina and Virginia, and I'm also CLEAR's President for 2022-2023. As many of you are aware, the Council on Licensure, Enforcement, and Regulation, or CLEAR, it is an association of individuals, agencies, and organizations that comprise the international community of professional and occupational regulation. Once again, this podcast is a chance for you to hear about important topics in our regulatory community. In today's episode, we want to take a moment to thank all the participants that have been here at the September Annual Education Conference. Uh, you know, we're very privileged to actually be in person to, to record this podcast um, and to actually put faces uh, and names together, although I've known these folks for a long time. Um, we've had a lot of interesting sessions uh, this week uh, from expert speakers. Uh, there's been a lot of time for, for getting back together and networking with our colleagues. Um, so we do want to thank all of our session coordinators, speakers, moderators, exhibitors, sponsors, and most of all, our attendees. We were very glad to be back in person, and this conference is always an exciting time during Clear's year. But the focus of today's podcast episode is looking forward into Clear's year. Clear is here to support you in the regulatory arena throughout the year, and we have some exciting initiatives planned. Clear's Board of Directors has approved the 2022 to 2024 strategic plan, and today we have with us two of the board members that were instrumental in developing that plan. Mark Spector, and Ken Eiskoff, um, as well as CLEAR's Executive Director, Adam Parfit. So welcome to you all. Thank you, Lon. Thank you, Lon. It's great to be here in Louisville. Thank you, Lon. Well, we're super glad to speak with you. And, and also, let me thank our listeners for joining us today. So every few years, the board undertakes the important task of developing CLEAR's strategic plan for the coming years. This new strategic plan will take us through 2024. And there are a number of exciting initiatives, enhancements, and offerings that are being planned for CLEAR members. So let's jump right into a few of them. Now, in the spirit of supporting excellence and collaboration regulation, one of the strategic outcomes is that CLEAR provides formal and informal channels of support for regulators across generations and throughout careers. That may take the form of a mentorship model. Um, so what are the main goals there? Mark, if you would, please... Give us kind of a clue. Yeah, happy to. And I'm really glad you started with this question line because for me, that's always what's made Clear so very special and personal for all of us of being part of a community of not just regulators, but colleagues, friends, and regulatory professionals. And that's why the goal of Clear is to foster support and encouragement and provide an opportunity for ideas to be shared and exchanged. So within the Clear community, there are people with our jobs, but perhaps there are different stages of life or stages in their career. And wouldn't it be valuable uh, to pair, say, a new CEO or registrar or executive director with someone with years of experience in the role, uh, or those maybe facing similar challenges and seeing real opportunities about a common issue? Wouldn't that be great uh, to get together and be able to talk about those experiences and learn from each other? Equally, what could staff in a very small regulatory organization learn from colleagues, say, in a much larger organization, or vice versa, or from a different jurisdiction? The fact is that there are opportunities here for regulators uh, across continents, in health and non-health, and around the world. And, and we all face shared issues, 
to really engage with each other one-on-one, uh, -on -one. Uh, have an opportunity to offer support for each other, an opportunity to learn from each other, and to build a community together. And Lyon, I might just reflect on conversations Mark and I were having last night, being in the same room for the first time in a couple of years. Yes. About um, the lived experience of this as a community in CLEAR. So I've been coming to CLEAR events since 2009, and now I feel like I've got people all around the world in all different kinds of regulatory bodies that I can and do reach out to um, when I need to. And uh, I also really appreciate the personal connections. So when major events happen in your country of location, uh, it's the unsolicited calls and emails to check on wellbeing from people in other parts of the world. So um, I think we provide this kind of support at a professional level and it builds into that personal community and series of relationships as well. Yes, this, this in-person aspect is such an important part of of our regulatory organization um, to be able to share so many things with different ideas and different organizations that you know you may not think initially are uh, like but they have similar aspects and similar things that they've had to go through um, i've always used this as an opportunity to 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 get information from other folks that may help me do my job in a better way. Now, another overarching statement in the strategic plan is that amidst significant change, CLEAR supports the regulator of tomorrow. Now, there are multiple items under that theme. One is exploring the use of regulatory sandboxes to engage with innovators. I'm, I'm familiar with sandboxes in, in, in the world of, of, of dentistry and, 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 you know, dealing with like a, a new practice management software where we can get in and play, if you would. But let me turn this over to Adam, um, our CEO, uh, kind of give us a little bit more on kind of what a regulatory sandbox is like. Absolutely. Thank you, Lyne. Um, it's one of the really interesting areas of innovation. And innovation is really something that this new strategic plan is trying to focus CLEAR's energies upon. So regulatory sandboxes, um, and you can see really good examples of that in FinTech, financial technology regulation in the UK, uh, the legal profession in Canada, but it allows innovators to have access to regulatory expertise. In many instances, there are high costs of entry for some areas of innovation. And so this kind of, uh, Access to regulatory expertise is particularly attractive. It allows innovators to test products in a controlled environment, test ideas with consumers and how technology works within the market. It can also reduce time to market and identifies ways consumer protection needs to be built into products. And I think the important role for regulators here is that they become enablers rather than barriers. And that's a really significant shift as regulation has become more and more politicized. So I think it's an important area for clear to focus on, and I think we'll discuss this in the years to come. That's fantastic. Well, again, looking back, another area that the regulator of tomorrow will be dealing with is the impact of, of, of migration and mobility on the regulation of the workforce. And we've certainly dealt with this, I think, in, in the U.S., 
um, initially with like just access to care areas, right? Sort of licensees that are all in that North Carolina or whatever the jurisdiction is, you know, being able to, to hit areas of, of underserved people. But we're also now looking at this mobility across much larger expanses than county lines. Um, Kim, can you talk from, a, from an international perspective on that? Yeah, sure, Lana. I think um, I'm coming to the realisation and discussions in the last day or so have really um, brought it into sharp focus that areas of workforce shortage in the regulated professions is perhaps the biggest challenge emerging for regulators. And initial responses are, as you say, around mobility. So mobility within countries, but mobility internationally. What we learn when we come together in a place like this is that the workforce crisis is international. Um, so there are questions about whether international recruitment is the solution to workforce challenges. And if it is, then how do we tackle things like the fact that there are increasing numbers of refugee populations and displaced people um, coming from places like Syria, Afghanistan, Ukraine, who want work in their host countries, um, but they potentially don't have access to the papers, to the hard copies, the credentials that we generally rely on to assess people's suitability for registration. We're also talking about often traumatised populations, and I think certainly as a health professional regulator, we're already alert to the well-being of members of the professions, and so wondering about what's the implication for these traumatised practitioners entering into the professions. Um, and what are the sort of pressures that are on us as regulators to support this um, response to a workforce crisis? And how can we be clear about where our role in that begins and ends? There's some of the questions for me. Right. Well, certainly. I, I was sitting in on one of the committee meetings earlier and, you know, obviously there's a, a workforce shortage across all areas. Um, but then there's also seems to be this increase in complaints as well. So what staff has left is having to deal with even more workload, which I think can be very challenging to, to burn out people. And also it's harder to recruit people in, you know, domestically, at least here in the States, um, there, there have been some significant moves by many states and professions to recognize that license issues in other states as a means of increasing, again, professional mobility will be accepted. Um, so there are certainly some lessons to be learned here from, from our early adopters from those states that are doing that uh, from the U.S. side. Um, it's certainly very interesting. Now, another new area that we're looking at is new working patterns at regulatory organizations. So the COVID-19 pandemic quickly and unexpectedly launched us all into working remotely. Uh, so CLEAR will be offering resources about how remote working is going to look in the future. So uh, Mark, if you would kind of chat about that. Uh, happy to, Lon. So when you talk about remote working, the, the thing that immediately comes to my mind is about relationships. And what kind of relationships do we want to have? How have we involved uh, over the last uh, two years or so? Um, how, and how can we reconnect with each other? Or how do we um, find new ways to connect on maybe even a higher or deeper level? Uh, so all that's to say, we're certainly mindful, uh, clear at the opportunities, but also the devastating toll that remote working can provide 
course, uh, that's true of regulars as with ourselves uh, over here. So we have to ask ourselves, what are the broader lessons uh, of remote working? How can they be applied to the world of professional and occupational regulation? And what are regulators doing differently as a result of remote working? What innovations forced us by COVID will be retained or expanded? Or what are we going to do? We'll go back to the way it was. Um, uh, all that to say is uh, discussing uh, relationships and the kind of regulators we want to be, uh, leaders we want to be, uh, that's always a relevant conversation. Kim, I may want you to add on that too. I know before this podcast, we were talking and, and I'm trying to create a term, hopefully it comes out, uh, Zoom blindness. Um, this this uh, experience of, of either not remembering names when we actually go and see people in real life because we're so used to seeing their name below their, their photo, but um, how how does this relate to clear as we move forward too? Well, I think it's um it's really interesting. Um, as you say, I think we're all needing to relearn some of our skills um, of engagement, uh, and that's part of work of the future, I guess. How we engage in this kind of hybrid world, I guess, is the language, isn't it? That mm -hmm. some things we do remotely, some things we do in person, um, and we have to be a bit agile in the way that we engage with other people. So I think that's really important. I also think um, there's such a connection in these elements of the strategy between what we were talking about, mobility and workforce, um, and ways of working and this kind of notion of remote working, and also the innovations from the COVID period and which ones we might be required to retain in order to support greater access for the workforce. So these things kind of really come together. And the third piece is the technology question. So we've all needed to adopt uh, varying types of technology to support working from home. And the rate of change in the available technology is going to drive the way that we think about work in the future. Um, so I'm actually just really looking forward to um, really diving into this topic um, at the 2023 Clear Winter Symposium. Um, which again will be in an in-person format in Savannah, Georgia uh, on January 11, 2023, um, with that real focus uh, around work of the future. Because um, I think there are some really innovative um, thinkers who are involved in CLEAR and will be involved in the symposium. Um, and I'm looking forward to hearing how they envisage the future. Sure. And, you know, as with change of any type, it's always challenging. And I think having our, our minds open to uh, other possibilities of how this is going to look in the future, because we really don't know what the future holds. We've gotten a glimpse of where we're heading, I think. And, and I think that's been helpful. This is the day and age of technology when we've been able to actually adapt and do that. You know, this pandemic happening 30 years ago would have been a very different, different thing. Now, another key area is, is using foresight resourcing and assessment during uh the conference and program development. So let's talk about what refers to and how it will benefit attendees. And and Adam, uh, I know you've worked on this significantly. If you would kind of talk to us a little bit about this. Absolutely, Lane. Uh, so foresight resourcing really relates to an attempt to think more closely about the context or more likely the possible contexts in which regulators will be operating and working in the future. We're really mindful of the significant pace of change and transformation that we're living through and the importance of being aware of external forces 
that will help shape regulation in the future. Springing it down to a clear committee level, many of the uh, committees that have met here in Louisville already undertake environmental scanning when they meet. So we're keen to really build on these activities and initiatives to ensure that the committees also have a future focus uh, for this component of their work so that we can better share the learning and thinking and further resource these activities that CLEAR undertakes. Great. Well, finally, um, the strategic plan calls for CLEAR to serve as a change agent, uh, providing you know, thought leadership and a space for innovation related to diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI. Um, you know, in this professional and occupational regulation. Obviously, this is something that's been a big topic across the world, but um, how do you see this moving forward? Kim? Well, I think this is one of the, one of the discussions we had in um, developing this strategic plan and consulting on it was just really thinking again about what CLEAR's role is in providing support to regulatory agencies. And I think this topic uh, is one of the places where it's easy to see we need to have a dual focus. So we come to CLEAR because we uh, work in regulatory agencies or we're connected to regulatory agencies or regulatory boards, and we want to understand about how to make our organisations work well. Um, so that's a kind of an internal focus that CLEAR can support for us. Uh, and I think we also come because we're looking for um, support about how we regulate the professions we regulate and how we go about delivering those regulatory um, tasks. And so in this kind of space around DEI, I think we know that we need to focus both on our own agencies and what we do and CLEAR is focusing on itself as an organisation uh, and then we need to think about the influence that we have and how we uh, use that influence to um, forward these take forward these activities in the regulated professions. So I know Clear's been doing a, a lot of work in the last eighteen months. I wonder maybe whether Adam could would summarise that. Happy to, Kim. Um, so in the last eighteen months, Clear has demonstrated its commitment to seeing a change related to DEI by first training the board and the staff on unconscious bias and how that can be interrupted and challenged. We then offered training to all stakeholders during a previous winter symposium, a regional seminar, and during the annual conference. More recently, CLEAR formed a working group, which has since become a committee, and that advises the board on diversity, equity, and inclusion, reviews existing resources, develops agreed definitions, and assesses where we in our organisations are placed related to DE&I. It also, as Kim says, thinks about how CLEAR's own structures and processes need to change or need to be considered as we together commit to change and innovation in this space. It's what our DEI working group chair calls forever work. And it's something that's clear is very much committed to in the days and months ahead. Yeah, that, I think that's brilliant. Um, I, I like Stacy's uh, forever work comment. I know listening to her earlier uh, in one of our meetings uh, talk about that is great. And obviously, you know, this is something that is is very important to clear. We've 
we're, we've taken the step to, to take this from a working group to one of our standing committees. We're going to have eight committees. Mark, do you have any, anything else you want to add about that? I do. Uh, for me, it's about being relevant. Uh, are we are clear how are we going to help support other regulators and being relevant to the people that they regulate? How does CLEAR continue to be a leader and, and, and support and learn from each other? Uh, I reflect about uh, how last year's uh, CLEAR stakeholder survey, it showed that DEI was a single most important issue facing regulators. So if that's how they're feeling, uh, how can we not only support them, but how can we model that behavior? But what Kim said, uh, both uh, looking inwards, but also externally to support uh, all of our members. Excellent. Well, I, I think this has been a, a fantastic conversation um, and so happy to be in the room with all, all of you to, to have this. Um, but I'm very excited about what CLEAR is working on to support our membership. Um, so thank you, uh, Kim, Mark, Adam, um, for speaking with us today. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Lyon. Thanks, Lyon. It's been great to be in an, a real conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Um, and it has certainly been um, a pleasure to, to, again, be with you um, to record this. Um, we'd love to continue this conversation on CLEAR Communities. Uh, this my podcast will be posted there, um, and you can reply with your comments. For example, you know, what are you looking forward to as a CLEAR member throughout the year? You know, what else can CLEAR do to support you? Please take a moment to share these uh, questions or comments in, in CLEAR Communities. I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in for this episode. We'll be back with another episode of Regulation Matters, a clear conversation very soon. If you're new to this podcast, you know, please subscribe to us. You can find us on Podbean or any of your favorite podcast services. And if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please leave a rating or comment in the app. Those reviews help us to improve our ranking and make it easier for new listeners to find us. Feel free also to visit our website at www.clearhq.org for additional resources, as well as a calendar of upcoming online programs and events. Finally, I'd like to thank our staff, specifically Stephanie Thompson. She's here with us in person today as well. She is our content coordinator and editor for this program. And once again, I'm Lyon Dempsey, and I hope to be speaking to you again very soon.